0: Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 256.
1: Fire, 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 fire. Your daily dose of inspiration, encouragement, and energy from the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Prepare to ignite now. now. This is Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas.
0: Entrepreneur on Fire, fire. Cha-ching! Was that the sound of free audio content from Audible.com, Fire Nation? It was! Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Special announcement, Fire Nation. You will only be hearing this if you downloaded this episode on July 1st, 2nd, or 3rd. Three of my close friends, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, Adam Baker of Man vs. Debt, and Rick Mulready have put together an incredible package of the top online courses at an insanely low price, only available for 72 hours, July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Then they'll be gone forever. If you want to watch a video that explains all, go to eofireaction.com today. That's eofireaction.com. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Nathan Jerwitz. Nathan, are you prepared to ignite?
1: I am ready, John. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> All right. Nathan loves real estate and internet marketing. What he loves most is being able to change someone's life forever because he helped them succeed by showing them how to generate money in today's economy through the means of real estate or internet marketing. Giving Fire Nation just a little overview, Nathan, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. And then give us an overview of your business.
1: I was homeschooled. I'm 32 years old now. So, John, you know, like the, the homeschool stereotype of like, you know, kid with really bad social skills and so he's like totally. sheltered from the world. You know, I don't really necessarily think that that stereotype's true, but for me, it was completely true. So, uh, but I... You know, my parents always raised me to be an entrepreneur, so I got in sales early in life. Uh, you know, retail saw sales, then outside sales, then started going to real estate seminars and started like, just kind of like fell into real estate. And then in 2006, the market crashed, and I pretty much lost all my money and had to start all over again. And um, and I just started figuring out. That okay. Well, if the market's bad, but more of the opportunity. The opportunity was uh, I figured probably in short sales. You know, if it's really that bad. Everyone's gonna be in foreclosure. There's got to be a way to clean up this mess. And uh, I just kind of figured out a way to flip houses and get these short sales done um, while outsourcing all the work to uh, real estate agents. And you know, I did pretty well at that. I did 150 real estate deals. Not like you know, thousands. I know there's people have done some thousands, but. Um, you know, it started to get some attention. And locally, you know, people started asking me, well, how are you getting these deals done? And I started just mentoring people locally. And then um, I just accidentally just met the right guy who knew a thing or two about the internet marketing. marketing. And, you know, I'm one of those guys at the time I was 27 years old. You know, now I'm 32 years old, but I look like I'm about 19. (laughs) Um, So uh, this guy, this guy, Chris McLaughlin, he kind of discovered me because I was doing deals with his real estate agents in, in his office, and we were just killing it, and he did, he just knew that he could totally just exploit the crap out of me, and uh, we started a website uh, in 2000, late 2008 on shortsellsriches.com, and by the grace of God and a little bit of luck and just knowing the right people and being there at the right place at the right time, uh, I ended up doing $5 million my first year on the internet. And it wasn't really because I was any kind of marketing genius or anything. It was just because I got a little bit lucky, really didn't know what I was doing. And that's not something that really happens. And um, then, you know, fast forward to 2010, 2011, 2012 came out with various real estate products and kinda got tired of doing real estate, so got out of it. But I I didn't want to be the guy that was like, oh look at me and look at all the money I'm making in real estate when you're not really making money in real estate. But then the same thing started to happen. People started asking, well how are you making all this money on the internet? So then I started doing consulting for people that wanted there were experts at a particular subject that wanted to make money online. I started doing consulting for for that. And I started publishing other people in the real estate niche that were doing Real estate, and I would sell training courses on the internet that was built basically all around them and their story. And uh, I kind of picked up a knack for copywriting and understanding like how people uh, think um, and what makes them buy, or more importantly, what makes them not buy. And I think that because uh, of my bird's eye view of you know sitting in the kitchen table with hundreds of people that are in foreclosure, that you know, and seeing how they they deal with it. For, adversity at rock bottom and also selling training courses and realizing that for every hundred training courses that you sell, you know, you know, two, three percent actually do anything with the information and realizing like what the difference was between the people that just go out and, you know, make things happen and the people that don't. Um, So it just, it, it allowed me to just really develop a really good bird's eye view for what the difference was. And it's not um, just motivational stuff. Um, so now I'm, you know, transitioning into kind of the personal development space, and I'm writing a book. And I, right now, I teach people, and I still do internet consulting um, that teaches people how to literally get anything you they want, but the no BS version. So we're not talking like raw, raw. Let's just think positive, but we're also not thinking like okay, let's just, let's just. Uh, Let's just get up and stand up and just motivate people to go make things happen. Because a lot of times that stuff is good because I think people need that, but a lot of time it lacks substance. Like, how can I literally achieve whatever I want? Step one, step two, step three, step four, and um, you know, I figured out a way to literally teach that, and that's kind of where I'm at now.
0: Man, Nathan, that is just some exciting stuff that we're going to delve into later in the interview. And I love how you talk about the. For every 100 training products, two or three people are taking action. That is so consistent. Of the over 250 interviews that I've done with entrepreneurs that sell products or services, it seems to always be less than 5%. So how do you identify those action takers? And, and what makes an action taker from the other 95 to 98% of people that are just not taking action? Really interesting stuff. I'm looking to dive into that mentality a little deeper. But before we do, we love starting with a success quote. So Nathan, take it away.
1: I sign every email that I send out to my email list with the with the two set, the four word two sentences. Uh, be bold and make things happen. And actually, that's five words. Sorry, be bold, make things happen. That's that's my uh, that's my slogan.
0: Be bold, make things happen. So break it down, Nathan. How do you actually apply that mentality to your life?
1: The first thing you have to do is you really have to understand how everything is marketed. And this is, could be in any business, really any product that you're, you're selling. This is kind of like behind the scenes, like stuff that uh, – and I don't want it to sound like, oh, this is the stuff that the gurus won't tell you. Like literally <laughs> what I'm about to tell you really is the stuff that the gurus won't tell you. Um, and the secret to life, OK, is Homer Simpson. Okay, and I'll explain why. Like when I was in third grade, I grew up in a, uh, you know, I I went to private school in elementary and I homeschooled in high school. But third grade, Mrs. Lyle, okay, you know, Christian conservative school, the Simpsons, you know, were around, okay, and she said, don't watch The Simpsons because. You know, Bart Simpson says, "Don't have a cow, man." It was like, "Ooh, we can't." See, you know, we can't watch The Simpsons <laughs> so bad. That was in 1989. I was eight years old. I'm 32 now. It's 24 years running. And why is it the longest running cartoon in history? It's because, like, we all connect with Homer because he's like the average American. And what does he do? He's fat. He's lazy. He drinks beer. He eats donuts. He goes to work and he pushes one button at a power plant all day long. He has a very low level of awareness. He probably doesn't use the gifts that God gave him. Okay, so whenever like marketers are are coming up with like a good hook to market something to maybe people, maybe it's the same type of people that are that are listening to this, is I always think of my customer as Homer Simpson. You know, so I'll give you a, a couple examples. So in, in in the real estate niche, you know you don't want to make money in real estate. The reality is the wealthy real estate investors, the real real estate investors that make money in real estate. You know they buy houses and raise private money and build wealth long term and use tax advantages and they manage. You know they they, they have rehab crews and all these things that like if Homer were to hear what it actually took to really make like millions, he'd be like, well, I can't do that. The reality is, is if you're going to sell a training program in the real estate niche on how to make money in real estate, the homer wants to make money. He's a, he's a um, 40 to 60-year-old, probably more Republican, more right, Christian, conservative, 70% male, 30% female. Um, he wants to make money in real estate with no money, no credit. He doesn't want to talk to banks. He doesn't want to deal with real estate agents. He doesn't want to raise his own private money. So he wants to wake up out of bed, check his email inbox and have seller and buyer leads in his email inbox every day. And He wants to have closings with big fat, 10 to 20,000 dollars checks every single month. So if you can come up with an offer that ethically overcomes all those objections and it's perceived as something new, you're usually going to have a winner, okay? And this is important to be aware of this and you know, you know I'll explain in a few minutes, but a couple more examples would be like in the internet marketing space. I assume, John, you probably have like a lot of people that listen to your podcast that are interested in internet marketing, right? Absolutely. Okay, well the reality is the people that make money on the internet you know, they create products and find experts, um, and they, they they buy traffic, and they build relationships with affiliates, and they get a merchant account, and they hire employees. And joint ventures, you know, it's like a real business. But all the stuff of them, the internet marketing gurus, the homer is a guy that is probably 10 years younger than the real estate guy. He's not necessarily on the right. He's probably half of them are Republican, half of them are Democrat, and he... Um, he wants to make money online with no product and no list, all from free traffic without learning marketing copy and with, without being on video. And you know, he wants all this traffic to be free because buying traffic is bad in internet. He thinks that all internet marketing gurus only make money doing, uh, you know, teaching internet marketing and not doing internet marketing in regular niches. So everything that's sold in the internet marketing niche is designed to overcome that obje- or those objections. Okay? So they make it, everything seem easier than it is. In the personal development, she, you know, John, you remember, like the remember the remember the book, The Secret.
0: Oh yeah, remember. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay three three hundred million dollars completely virally for a fifteen dollar book or DVD. Really well marketed, really well put together. But you know why? It's because it's for Homer. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. You just think about stuff. You just think <laughs> positive thoughts, and it just happens. Okay. So once you like, once I like explain this Homer concept. Okay. Then I'm like, okay, so listen, that's, that's kind of behind the scenes. That's like what actually happens. Right. You need to become aware of that and then just stop being Homer. Knock that crap off. You want to be a higher level of Homer because in reality, we're all Homer. You know, Everything that's sold all the good offers is either a magic pill or a magic button. John, you got one of those uh, Keurig coffee makers. You know, I eat-
0: love those Keurigs. Yeah,
1: see, you're totally their homer. When they're <laughs> thinking of the marketing plan, they get a big picture of you, like, all right, this is our customer. No, I mean not really. But like that's a genius idea, okay? The easier things seem, the um the, the, the easier things seem, and the more homered up they are. Um, And if your expectations are that it's just going to be so easy, then when you run across one hurdle, immediately the lowest level, like the dumbest, laziest homers are like, Oh, okay. It's a scam. It didn't work. It wasn't as easy as I thought it was. So I like, you know, when I'm teaching people, it's like, get out of the Homer mindset. Stop being Homer. And I want you to expect this to be one of the hardest things you've ever done. And when you have that mindset, then when you run across your first hurdle, or your first failure, you look back and say, you know what? Nathan said that this was going to be hard. So this is probably what's supposed to be happening. And you know what? I'm not Homer. So I'm just going to keep doing this until it actually happens. So that's like my, Super NLP, like (laughs) mindset exercises. Every time you catch yourself, you know, starting to blame others or, you know, you know, I can't do this, this is hard. Just remember, that's what, that's for Homer. You're not Homer. You're better than that. God gave you gifts. Let's use them.
0: We grew up during the same generation, Nathan. The Simpsons, it was always on my TV. That's what I did. I'm 33 years old. And man, do I resonate with what you're saying, especially with this coffee thing. Because let me take you on a really tiny, quick journey. So we just moved from Maine to San Diego. We're living here now. Love it so much. But we did not take our Keurig machine, which I used to love. Wake up every morning, press a button, poof, perfect cup of coffee. Let me take a sip. So now we got just that regular coffee maker while we're waiting for the Keurig to be shipped out to us. So now every single morning I'm complaining about having to actually pour it into the filter and, and fill it up. And then it was so painful and I was hating, I was complaining. And then this morning I wake up and wow, none of the actual coffee beans had been grinded up. So I had to go and grind the coffee beans with this electric grinder that took three seconds. But man, was I complaining because it wasn't this push button and I cannot wait to get back to that Keurig.
1: See you're getting you're getting lazier because I'm getting of the curiosity. I know. And it's it's okay if you if you're if you buy any things that are like okay, it's it's okay to be homer in some cases. Like I have an automatic a car with an automatic transmission, okay? You know, it's a keyless entry, so I just push one button and it starts. And I think that's okay. But anytime I see like some sketchy business opportunity out there That's like, all right, this is totally for Homer. Usually if they're not giving any content and it's just like, look at me, look how cool I am and look at the (laughs) millions of dollars I'm making on on my mansion and boat, usually that's a sign that this is probably not as easy as they're making it out to be. This is for Homer. I'm not Homer. I'm a creative human being with gifts that God gave me and I'm going to use them.
0: When I'm actually grinding these coffee beans and I'm actually not just pushing that button and get that cup of coffee real quick, the reason why I'm upset is not because I'm lazy. It's because I want to jump on to my inbox. I have emails waiting for me. I want to start my day. I want to get to that computer and start rocking and rolling. So I try to get... My barriers as low as possible. I want to wake up. I want to do my quick power walk. I want to get back, cup of coffee, sit down, boom, I'm at it. You're
1: still Homer though, John. You're just a higher level of Homer. That's okay. I'm Homer too. I've got a cure, okay? So it's fine.
0: <laughs> Is but, anybody not Homer?
1: No, any, no one's not Homer. Okay, no, like nice Warren Buffett. On. Warren Buffett's Homer.
0: Oh, he's War, totally. Buff- he even looks like Homer.
1: He even looks like Homer, but he's Homer because he doesn't like want to start a company and do all the work. He just wants to write a check, by the company, and have them do all the work for him, while he reaps all the rewards. He's just a higher level of Homer.
0: I was wondering why those Shark Tank guys are always smiling.
1: Exactly, you just want to be a higher level of Homer, um, and so you yeah. know that's the, that's like a, a mindset exercise that like I used it like you Rather than just oh, just think positive and try harder. No, just you know, listen, you know, this is a Homer conspiracy, okay. Everyone is trying to sell you a magic button <clears throat> or a magic pill, okay? So make sure that you use some wisdom and don't buy into that stuff and stop being homo. Let's use your brain. Let's get creative. Let's go out and actually do something, okay? That's about as raw, raw as you're ever going to get out of me, okay?
0: Well, so I don't want raw, raw right now, Nathan. Yeah. What I want from you, because Entrepreneur on Fire is about the journey, and we want to talk a little bit about your journey. We're hearing some incredible high-level stuff right now, which I love, but take us back to a time in your journey where... When you tried something non-homerish or homerish or what have you, but you failed, we want to hear about a failure that you've had in life.
1: Like uh, probably when the market crashed in 2006, I was figuring out how to get short sales done. You know, um, towards the end of 2006, you know, I, my own house went into foreclosure. I had to short sell my own house. <laughs> for, for me, like for me, like I was it really didn't affect me mentally because I had seen so many people go into foreclosure. It's like, all right, we're going to do a short sale. It's going to be a settled account, the credit. Big deal. Like, whereas some people would just stick their head in the sand and just go to rock bottom. You know, go to rock bottom. I was just a bit more immune to it, so like it didn't bother me. Um, so I ended up moving into this uh, saying, okay, well, I'm going to move into this condo building. So and I said, okay, I'm going to find this condo building, and it's going to be. Uh, and I'm going to find a condo, a high-end luxury condo. This is a place in downtown Tampa called Grand Central and Kennedy. And like for like a 12 to 1500 square foot unit, the market rent was like 2000 a month. And I'm like, well, I'm going to find one for 12 to 1500 a month. So what I did is, from my knowledge from this stuff that I learned at a real estate seminar, you know, I just went to the main sales office to try to rent it directly from the builder because they were renting them because they couldn't sell them because the market had just crashed. And I, you know, made an offer and they said no. And then I said, okay, well, let's think strategically. Uh, Let's get on the MLS. Maybe there's some people that bought a unit directly from the builder that are now, they couldn't sell it. So now they're just trying to lease it out. So I got on the MLS, made a bunch of offers, and they all said no. That was failure number two. And then I'm like, all right, well, these realtors are kind of ruining everything. Let me get on Craigslist. Maybe there's like someone that hasn't listed with a realtor. Maybe I can deal directly with the owner and make a bunch of offers then. Got on Craigslist, made a bunch of offers. They all said no. And it was frustrating because, like, no one's renting these units. It's just sitting there because the market was that bad. So it was a little bit frustrating. Most people would probably give up because they're homer. I'm like, nope, not me. We're going to figure out how to do this. So then I got on the public records and I'm like, all right, maybe I can just contact the owners directly. So I type in the address, 1208 East Kennedy Boulevard. Nothing came up because it was so new, it was still assessed as raw land. So that was failure number four. And then I'm like, all right, well, let's think here. Let's think strategically. Okay, so... Um, if I can figure out the name of one owner and then go into the public records and do like a title search and figure out what entity sold them the unit, I can reverse engineer the public records to get the owner names and contact them directly because the you know builders builders not gonna give them up. So I just figured out the name of one owner because sometimes they have the owner name in the MLS and then uh figured out that the person that sold them the unit was Grand Central at Kennedy LLC, then I ran a search for all the deeds that were cross-referenced with the, the entity Grand Central at Kennedy LLC, and 190 records popped up. So, does that make sense? So, I yeah, mean, totally makes sense. sense.
0: I'm a real okay. estate guy, though, so that might help, but I okay. think people are following.
1: So then I, I'm like, all right, here's the owner name. So I took the owner names, plugged them into the property appraiser, It showed them... Uh, it showed their tax address, what their mailing address was. And a lot of them were like out-of-state people. So I took their name, their mailing address. I plugged it into a skip tracing software that like detectives use. It's a skip tracing software. It's called Accurant. Yep. Accurant.com. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, that's spelled A-C-C-U-R-I-N-T.com. This is how like detectives track down people that – you know, disappear, don't pay their bills, or, you know, whatever. So then I just started cold calling every single one. I'm like, yeah, you know, I know, this may sound kind of weird, but you have a unit in Grand Central, kind are you renting? Are you renting them? And then, um, you know, sure enough, they said, uh, you know, I got nowhere. I made calls for three hours, got nowhere, left a bunch of messages. One guy calls me back the next day. He says, Nathan, this is Joe, you want to rent? I'm like, okay, great. Which one is it? He says, it's the biggest and best one. It's the penthouse, 2,186 square feet with Florida glass searing. Uh, walls out looking downtown. It was a $580,000 unit. And I mean, I'm at I'm rock bottom. Okay. I, you know, in the middle of the short selling my house, I haven't even moved yet. The market rent for this unit was $3,200 a month, which is what you could have got the same unit from the builder. And I said, okay, um, well, it's probably on my price range. What are you looking to rent it for? He said $3,000 a month. And I didn't react. I just said, you know what, dude, you know, that's, that's bigger, bigger unit than I need Anyways, Out of my price range, I'm only looking to spend twelve dollars to $1,500 a month. What you should probably do, dude, you should probably just rent it with a realtor. But I got to tell you, right now, listings are just sitting for 90 days, 180 days. So good luck. Do the math. Yeah. And the guy's like, you know what, dude? I just got to get someone in there. You can have it for $1,500 a month. Boom. Move in January 1st, 2007. Built up my short sale pipeline. Went downstairs to the Keller Williams office. Started networking with them. Met the owner, Chris McLaughlin the internet marketer, started shortsealsriches.com, 2009, $5 million my first year. All because I didn't give up on the Craigslist ad. So yeah, I tried harder. okay So there's my motivational speech, I guess. But I had the knowledge and learned the stuff. You can't just learn the stuff okay at a, at a real estate seminar if you're trying to be successful in real estate. That's not enough. But you can't just go to a rah-rah seminar and just try harder. You really have to do both. But I've realized that any successes that I've had, whether it be in real estate or internet marketing, it wasn't because of I was this great real estate investor, because I'm not, and it wasn't because I was this great technical internet marketer. I don't even know how to build a website. I'm not that technical guy. It, I've realized that anything that you want to get there's always one person or several people that can make that happen, or is going to smash those dreams into smithereens. Okay, so like the, you know, you know, some, from coaching people in real estate, you got all these different coaching programs and training programs and push button offers and automated softwares. And I'm not saying those aren't good tools to buy, but the reality is the people that succeed are the people that get in with the, the private lenders, that get in with the real estate agents, that get in with the hedge funds, that find people to partner with. Those are the ones that make money in internet marketing. It's the same thing. It's not the ones that know how to build a website and bend lines of HTML code with their mind and split test PPC campaigns eight billion different ways. It's the ones that can come up with a good hook Find content to, for a good product. Partner with someone to provide your product, whether it be a physical product or some type of online training. P- Find gurus in your industry or thought leaders in your industry that can promote your offer and do joint ventures. Um, those are the ones that make money online. On A more regular person, like let's just say not entrepreneurs. Guy goes to college, wants to get a job. He gets his degree. Does everything society tells him he's supposed to do. And then what happens? He goes to, um, you know, he gets the degree, faxes his resume to 20 different people. No one calls him back except for one company. Goes in interviews. Things go great. You're exactly what we're looking for. He calls back a week later to follow up. They said, sorry, but this has been filled. He finds out that the guy that got his job was not as qualified as him, but his daddy plays golf with the owner, okay? Same thing in relationships. You talk to any successful married couple that didn't meet in high school or college. You ask them, how did you guys meet? Nine out of 10 times, they say, we met through a mutual friend, okay? It's all about who you know. Life is a good old boys club. It's not fair, okay? Okay? So we can either have one of two mindsets. We can either have the mindset of, oh, life's a good old boys club. It's not fair. So let's get on Wall Street and protest against the big evil corporations. And let's be proud of being the 99%, okay, because it's just not fair. You know, we're we're not getting our fair share. That's exactly the Homer mindset. Or you can shift your mindset to my way of thinking when you know what you want and you understand it's a good old boys club then you have to think, okay, well, how are we going to get into that club? Okay, how are we going to strategically insert ourselves in the good old boys club of whatever that may be depending on what kind of business that you want to get into? And I realized that there are seven things that I've gotten good at over the last 10 years and this wasn't natural to me because remember, I was homeschooled. I didn't have good communication skills. You know, I didn't kiss my first girl till I was 22 years old. Okay, I was that guy. Um <laughs> I mean, like, so this isn't like, this is, this stuff didn't come natural to me. Okay. So I failed over and over and over again. And just one day late last year, I was like, Oh, that's why I was good at that because I knew how to infiltrate the good old boys club. And the seven things are, and if you're listening to this now, you might want to write this down. are third party endorsement, frame control, likability, credibility, appearance, popularity, and the ability to tell stories. And once you understand what these seven things are, you just stop doing the ones you're not good at. You can't be perfect at all seven of them and focus on the ones you're great at or can get a little bit better at. And then you can strategically think, okay, what do we want to get? Who's the person or people that can make that happen? How can we insert ourselves there and use the seven things to infiltrate the good old boys club so you can literally get anything you want? Wow. Yes.
0: Nathan, let's call a spade a spade here. The average Entrepreneur on Fire interview is just a tad over 30 minutes long. You are so overbrimming of inspiration and information that we're going to break through that pretty quickly here. We're already at about 26, 27 minutes. So. Okay. What I want to do now is move into what you're doing right now. Share with us one thing that's just really exciting you, that you'd like to share to Fire Nation, a, an audience made up of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners in over 145 countries around the world.
1: I just um, got my own uh, TV show. It's called Anything You Want. Okay. And here's the thing. Any idiot can get on TV, I've realized. You, you just have to buy your way on. Okay, so I have this show; it's going to go on basic cable and on and, the, and on the internet. So it's—I don't know how many people actually see it, but by driving traffic to it, it'll give it'll increase my credibility and popularity rating, which will allow me to get whatever I want. Right now, I'm trying to write a book and make it a number one New York Times bestseller by using the seven things to launch the book to get it to number one, just to see if I'm full of crap or not, let's just test it and let's just see if it'll work and let's actually document the whole thing. So like to get on basic cable, any idiot can get on TV. You just have to buy your way on. So um, like right now I basically, the the concept of the show is I just interview different guests similar to like, kind of like what you do right. on this podcast that just, have done amazing things as a result of this recession, either real estate, internet marketing, or any kind. Anyone with a really cool story that's done something really like neat or cool, and you know, to pay distribution fees for this for this TV show, it's close to a hundred thousand dollars, and there's twelve episodes. So what I what do I do? All right, let's think creative. You know, I just go to twelve different people and say, "Hey, dude, listen." I can put you on TV. You can use in your marketing as seen on TV. I've got to pay distribution fees. I need you to help me with those distribution fees. So, for 5 grand I can make a TV show, an episode that's all about you. So, I'm going to get almost the entire TV show paid for by just thinking creative and utilizing my network and making a win-win for everyone. So that's just you know that's just one example.
0: When's this going live, Nathan?
1: You know, I don't have actually an air actual date. We've already recorded five episodes. I'm recording two more episodes in San Diego this uh this week, so I'm flying to San Diego on Thursday of this week so um. Um, it'll, it'll be soon though. I don't, I don't have an exact air date, but it will be soon.
0: All right. Well, definitely keep us updated because I will blast out the fire nation when this goes live, because you're right. This is the TV cable version of entrepreneur on fire, telling amazing, inspiring stories and journeys from incredible entrepreneurs. So I'd love that. I've heard a lot of people talk about Roku and different channels like that as well. It's becoming more accessible and those distribution costs are really being driven down by these competitors. So it's really exciting to see where this is going. And it's obvious that you're going to be at the forefront on that. So I'm going to definitely have to be tracking you. And let's take a quick second to thank our sponsor, Audible. So Fire Nation, I speak from personal experience when I say that Audible.com is the place to go for your next audiobook. Audible.com features a library of thousands of audiobook titles for you to choose from in a ton of different genres. You can download individual audiobooks or sign up for the Audible Listener Program, which gives you book credits each month for one low monthly fee. And when you download an audiobook over at Audible.com, you can access it from several different devices, not just one. Enjoy your audiobooks on your PC, burn them onto a CD, or upload them to your iPod or any other MP3 device. Audible.com and Entrepreneur on Fire would like to thank you for listening to today's episode by offering you this. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. So we've now reached my favorite part of the show, the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers in one sentence or less. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: I wouldn't say that anything held me back from being an entrepreneur, but I would have been able to get things done a lot faster if I would have realized that how important the people that you partner with and the people you have business relationships was. So not really being be, being unaware of the good old boys cons- club conspiracy, as I thought of, right. made probably I probably could have got accomplished way more 10 times faster if I would have realized that it's all about who you know.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: The best business advice I've ever received, probably uh, to get, to get involved in some type of mastermind, preferably a mastermind where people, everyone in there is at or preferably above your level of success. You know, that goes a long way.
0: Love that. What's something that's working for you right now?
1: Something is working for me right now. Uh, what, what, what happens is a lot of people that come up with new products, new hot offers, and more specifically in the real estate niche, that don't know anyone. Um, I know everyone. So yeah. when they want to get joint ventures, they want to get joint ventures. And a typical joint venture, standard like deal is a 50-50 JV split. So say you have a $1,000 offer. You know, whoever mails it gets half the money, and they get half the money. But because they don't know anyone – I approach them or they'll approach me and I'll say, hey, listen, I'll introduce you to all these guys and I'll convince them to mail your offer, but it's not going to be 50-50. It's going to be 50 to them, 40 to you, 10 to me. So I make 10% for like making one phone call and basically doing nothing. It's like the easiest money i ever made in my life.
0: <laughs> nice. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners?
1: Okay, there's uh, whenever you're making videos, sometimes especially if you're making a scripted video, where you have to, you know, you have to look dead in the camera, and you have to, you know, sound like you know what you're talking about, right. but you don't want to look like you're reading. There's this app on the iPad called Pro Prompter. Okay, you buy it's like it's like a ten or fifteen dollar app, I think, and you can type in the exact script of whatever you have to say, and then you can buy on Amazon this little stand, just like Google iPad teleprompter stand. I think they go for about one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. And the camera sits right behind this prompter stand, and there's like it's like a real teleprompter, but for not the price of a teleprompter. So I can be looking dead into the camera and reading, and there's no way you, you cannot tell that I'm reading at all. 150 bucks.
0: Wow, altogether. that's valuable. Fire Nation, you can get the links to this resource and everything that we've talked about by going to entrepreneuronfire.com slash Nathan Jerwitz. So Nathan, if you could recommend just one book to Fire Nation listeners, what would that book be?
1: Pitch anything. It's a book all about frame control, which is one of the ways to infiltrate the good old boys club. And it doesn't sound like it's not like a book on how to be a salesperson. It's really doing the opposite. Of raising your frame so that people are hunting you down. Mm. You're not hunting them them down. You're not using like the same cheese ball trial closes that most sales books teach. Like, oh imagine what it would be like to do this. You no, know, it's like it's like if some if you have a meeting with someone and they say, you know, I only have thirty minutes to talk, you don't react, you say, Oh, that's totally cool. I only need twenty minutes of your time anyways, because your time's more valuable than their than theirs. But it's very, very covert. And it's like serious Jedi stuff. And this this book breaks it down better than anything I've ever read. Wow. Um, and any, anyone that's read this book, it like, it's, it's like one of those books that's like, wow, I never thought of that. It's not like the same motivational, just better general business stuff that, you know, 99% of the books are. It's like really good. It's a game changer for
0: sure. Well, you've been Jedi all interviews, so this book must be solid. Fire Nation, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com. It's a gift from Audible for Entrepreneur on Fire listeners, eofirebook.com. So Nathan, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: Um, I would throw up, uh, figure out what industry that I wanted to get involved in, throw up a blog, and then start a podcast on iTunes, and then start contacting thought leaders in that network. So if you're a real estate agent, I start a real estate agent blog, if you're a mortgage broker, I sort of blog about mortgages, personal development, you know, really any anything that's related to the type of business you want to get, get in and then I would call people and say, "Hey, dude, I've got this I've got this podcast and I want to interview you." And just start interviewing people like that kind of like exactly what you're doing and that would grow your network. And you probably have more opportunities opened up than you knew what to deal with because you're not calling someone and saying, hey, what can you do for me? You're saying, hey, I want to interview you and stroke your ego and tell people how awesome and cool you are. That's like one of the best ways to build relationships. So, John, I pretty much just gave away all of your secrets. Yeah, all of my we secrets. Know, we know what you're up to. Come
0: on, <laughs> I know. I you know. think Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk would talk to me if I didn't have a massive audience. Heck no. Have to provide value to them. Exactly.
1: And you, and you probably, have to start out by interviewing lesser people on the totem pole or creating your own content first until you had the credibility and popularity to be able to approach Tim Ferriss, I would imagine. But you got to start somewhere. So that's that's exactly what I would do.
0: Absolutely. Build that foundation one social proof block at a time. So Nathan, you have given us incredible advice this entire interview. So thank you for that. Share with us just one parting piece of guidance and then the best way for us to find or connect with you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: And don't be Homer. And it's all about who you know. So start strategically thinking that way and you can find out uh, more information about me and how to infiltrate any good old boys club at my website, which is leopardpill.com. I think we forgot to mention, I do have leopard print hair. I think we, we we missed that at the beginning of the interview. We did
0: miss that, but your featured image on your show notes page is just the back of your head with your leopard prince head. That's
1: exactly what I was looking for. Okay, <laughs> it's actually a birth, it's a birthmark. I'm real sensitive about it, John. Okay, I don't <gasps> oh, like to talk about it. My mom had an affair with a leopard. I can't believe that I just brought it up. I feel horrible. Just, oh, you
0: should. I ruined really everything. <laughs>
1: I know, I know, leopardpill.com.
0: Oh, Nathan, you have been so generous with your time, your expertise, and your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: All right, see you.
0: Special announcement, Fire Nation. You will only be hearing this if you downloaded this episode on July 1st, 2nd, or 3rd. Three of my close friends, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, adam baker of man vs debt and rick mulready have put together an incredible package of the top online courses at an insanely low price only available for 72 hours july 1st 2nd and 3rd then they'll be gone forever if you want to watch a video that explains all go to eofireaction.com today that's eofireaction.com thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com Your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.